Matthew chapter 24. 24. The big one. It is the big one. Okay. If you want to understand the Bible and everything that is really being said, Matthew 24 is the place to figure it out. Well, I think we're going to go very long with this one and not hold back many episodes worth of 24 so we can get into all the details. We'll hold this one to 20, but we'll do more 20? Yes, yeah, okay. several 20-minute episodes. There's something in your eye right there in the corner. I was noticing it earlier, and it's <laughs> bugging the heck out of me. I, I don't know how I'm supposed to get it. On, can we restart? No. Just let it roll. I think you got it out. <laughs> Sorry, it's everybody. Now on your upper cheek. Oh no! See it? Yeah, we can't have this because I'm be staring able to at it the whole time. It. I can't even think. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. It's like here's a corner. Go downtown and have a rat and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Buck, we just watched it. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> Chapter twenty-four. Okay, so Jesus leaves the temple from talking to the Pharisees. Going and what was he doing them. talking to the Pharisees? What, what was, was he, he saying doing? to them? What was he saying the to them? The seven woes. Yeah, he's ripping them apart, right? Ripping them apart. I mean, not just the seven woes. He he says so much stuff in 23 that just proves every single way possible how they're evil and wrong, doing wrong. Remember that as the precursor to 24. Precursor. And, okay, so, and that was at the temple, I suppose, because yeah, he says he leaves the temple. Yeah, it was in one of the rooms of the temple or one of the patios okay um i i didn't say this in the last episode but you mentioned it's been three years and that hasn't occurred to me like we're we're in matthew 24 now and all of matthew that we've done is the course of three years yes yeah, yeah. Hmm. this is the wrap-up of those three years okay how close are we to the crucifixion getting pretty close <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for it to come around is that so jacked up it's a coming Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, okay. He leaves the. T I'm gonna basically go verse by verse for this Good. one. Um, maybe and I'll a, stop you. A couple verses at a time. Maybe. If you don't stop me, I'll stop myself with questions. Okay. okay. Please stop me with comments, though. So Jesus leaves the temple from talking to the Pharisees. Disciples come up to him at this beginning part. I'm paraphrasing, but come up to him and call his attention to the building. Do you see all these things? They, oh, sorry, I wanted to start. They called his attention to the building. Yeah. Why, like, what does that exactly mean? Why did they, why did they do that? He didn't just, Jesus didn't just start talking about the temple. They called his attention to it. Yeah. I, I believe, my personal opinion is, Jesus was in a bad mood with these Pharisees. Oh. And I think they were trying to lighten it up and to say something positive and to get him to be like, yeah, you know, because they say, look at this. Yeah. I think they're like looking at each other like, man, we've never heard him talk like this. What's going on? He is throwing down some major stuff. So they get outside and one of them, probably look Peter. At the like, look at the beauty of this thing. You know, like when you're in the car with mom and dad and they're in a fight and you're around the corner and you see Vegas at night and the kid goes, wow, mom, dad, look how pretty Las Vegas like, like, get along. I really think that they were like, Please, what is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, that's really funny. Do you see? Okay, so he responds with, do you see all these things? Mm -hmm. Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left 
on another, everyone will be thrown down. Okay. <laughs> so, we have something to ask ourselves here. If that was true, then how is there a wall in Jerusalem today that is supposedly the base of the wall of the temple, stones stacked upon each other, that the Jews still go to and they pray, they call it the Wailing Wall, and they insert little prayers, and Christians flock to. And Jesus there says, I'm telling you, the day's coming, not one stone's going to be left upon another. How? This is how. That wall that they're worshiping and going to there, that was part of another wall that was for the Roman armies and their thing. The Temple Mount was in a, a different location, not far from there, mm -hmm. and that was completely leveled by the Roman army in 70 AD. Okay. So he's telling them in advance, I'm telling you now, not one stone of this place you're saying is so beautiful is going to remain. The, okay. Yeah. Why was it taken down every single stone? Because when that temple was caught on fire, the gold in it melted, and it fell downward and went between the cracks and so the Roman army used crowbars or whatever and they took those stones out and gathered the gold out between them all the way down to the bottom now they they would have thought this is impossible this thing is not it was like one of the seven wonders of the world uh -huh. you're not gonna touch this place not one stone so that wailing wall forget about it it's a it's a con okay a few things the temple, just to, sorry, a few things you said that I want to clarify. The temple was a seventh wonder of the world to them. They, it wasn't falling down to the disciples. I didn't know that that was their impression. Yeah, no, to any Jew, they thought this place cannot be ever be touched. For what reason did they think that? Because it was so well built. It was, it had so many defense walls. It was so high. They didn't think anybody could ever reached them okay. and that it was impenetrable and it it wasn't like a prophesied thing that the temple would always stand or something it's there are references to the temple actually all over the place and this is where it starts to get dicey because some people think that a temple needs to be rebuilt that temple was rebuilt and there's been several temples or tabernacles over the years <laughs> dreaded fly <laughs> and and so it takes a study, but I'm just telling you right okay. now, what happened, there was a tabernacle, <laughs> it was a portable tabernacle, and then there was a temple that Solomon built, okay. and then there was a second temple, okay. and Herod built a temple, okay. and so this is all on the Temple Mount. So, uh, bottom line, I, okay. I'm not going to get into that, but just know okay. when he, they're trying to impress him with the temple, mm -hmm. and he comes right back and says, not one is going to remain standing. Okay. So, okay. Um, and this is, sorry, but this is the first time anyone has said that. This is the first time Jesus has said that, that the temple will be taken down. I think in another place, he says, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. And oh, they misinterpreted yeah. That is him speaking of Herod's temple, but he was talking about his own body. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. So, yeah. And then, where, how do you know the Romans did that with the gold? It's part of Josephus' history. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's like five, four or five major historians, not book Christian believers, mm -hmm. who wrote, and Josephus is the main one. He was a first hand with the armies 
There's a whole story behind it, but he was with the armies to do their history. Oh. And he wrote about the history going all the way back to the ancient days of Judaism, all the way to the destruction of, of, and he was personally present for that destruction. I did not know that. Yes. Yes. And he wrote something called uh, War of the Hebrews. He wrote another thing called Antiquities. And these contain all the insights as to what was going on then and there to them by the Romans. Wow. And what yeah. do modern commentaries have to say about him? Um, some say he was a friend of the Jews, so he wasn't going to be friendly to the Christians, so he was going to write what he wanted. But I say, well, even better, because if what he writes supports the truth, we'll take it. There's another thing, and this is, there was somebody who used to study with us. He went this route. It's called the Flavian Dynasty uh, Mythos. Uh And what it is, is they believe that the Roman government created the Jesus story as a means to control the Jews. And that Josephus played into this in his history, helping them craft a fictional savior through the history of the Jews to make the Jews look to their Messiah and make him docile because Jesus was a peacemaker and to not and to turn the other cheek. And and so there's this theory that the Flavian dynasty that were these leaders, Josephus was part of the Flavian dynasty and helped weave this in to placate the Jews so that they wouldn't be insurrectionists and violent and, and resistant and rebellious because Jesus' teachings were also peace, right? That's quite the conspiracy. It's quite the conspiracy. It Like intellectually, it might make some sense, but when you look at everything that would have to happen, yeah. going all the way back into the Old Testament, yeah. and all the way, I mean, you can come up with any kind of like reasonable conspiracy theory, yeah. but that's one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's hard enough to do stuff like that with technology. Yeah. Let alone in ancient yeah. times. And then, you know, and then a thousand years go by where that we have our text and then we find these Dead Sea Scrolls and they were written like a thousand years earlier and they confirm what was written. Mm. It's hard to say the Flavian uh, uh, myth was true. And so who, I'm just laying the base for what I'm sure comments will come later, but who were the other historians alongside Josephus? So Josephus was a Jewish one. Tacitus, I believe, was Roman. He was also a secular Roman historian. Okay. Cassius Dio was a, a Roman. I'm pretty sure. sure, sure in Roman. that time. Yeah. Well, like, in that time or historians thereafter who looked back and wrote like historians would. Okay. But uh, Suetonius, I think, was in that time too, also Roman. Okay. So Suetonius, Cassius Dio, uh, and there's a few others, and Josephus, all they wrote was about what happens. And now what he's going to say to his apostles mm-hmm. We can go to those uh, secular histories and we see them support wow. what Jesus is about to say in their history. Okay. Yeah. And is there, last question, but is there, other than you and the people currently talking about stuff you talk about, is there like a line of historians from them that are like still commenting on the same stuff until now or was it just like buried? <coughs> like no. why is this stuff kind of just resurging? 
it's resurging because people get tired of being fed stuff that's not making sense uh-huh. uh, and you can only cover the truth for so long yeah so it just keeps boiling up like a sliver under your skin yeah it keeps resurfacing but the the records of Suetonius and Tacitus and and Josephus and others have always been known okay yeah and and it's just they uh, will if they don't concur with their findings they'll uh-huh. cast dispersions on yeah, and like other people, it wasn't that they were necessarily put uh, hidden. It's just that no. other people came to power and their, you know, uh, uh, King James or whatever, their yeah. ideas took precedence. Oh, yeah, by their... far. So it's just a natural order of things that it got suppressed, basically. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, history is told by the victors. And so they rewrite what they want. They do what they want. And so Judaism itself had a huge hand in manipulating many facts to keep people from believing in this Messiah that came from theirs. They hated him afterward. Mm -hmm. And like the Masoretic text, which is a a bunch of Jews who came together and created the Old Testament Mm -hmm. from the Hebrew, they say, that's where all kinds of things get mixed up. Uh, Okay. I don't understand quite how... Jo- Wait, sorry. Josephus is the one that was there with the Romans. Yeah. Just to, I, I don't understand how that could be seen. He was Jewish, and he was with the Romans. How it could be seen as like anti-Christian? Because it's he's like verifying everything Jesus said. I know. He didn't know he was verifying the things Jesus no. said. I don't think. But Christians uh, today think it's anti-Christian, but then it wasn't. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on what side you're on. If you're a Jew, you'll hate Josephus for not uh, uh, exposing Jesus for being a fraud. Uh-huh. If you're a Christian, you'll hate uh, Josephus for being a Jew who's writing the history and not a believer. Okay. I mean, it's just picking and choosing information you want to use to validate your prejudices. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay, let's move on. Moving on. Base it. That was a foundation. So as Jesus was sitting on the mountain... Of olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen, and what will be the sign of your There's coming three questions there. and of the end of the age? When will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming? What will be the sign of the end of the age? Yeah. Okay. So, Matthew, Mark, Luke, I mean, uh, Peter, James, John, and Andrew mm. are the ones who came to Mount of Olives. How? We know that from the other Gospels. They're the only ones mm-hmm. here. Oh, okay. And they come with three specific questions that are all related to each other. Uh-huh. Okay, notice that right off the bat. When will all these things happen? What things? The temple coming down. What you said to these Pharisees. Mm-hmm. What your, how are you going to escape Gehenna? When will those things happen? What will be the sign of your coming? Because they're tying what would happen to his coming back to them. And when will be the end of this age? And that means the age of their religion, of that world, of Judaism. When will be the end of this age? The big problem with most people who are in the Christian faith is the King James translators typed, and when will be the end of this world? So you could go around to any church today, it's Sunday, any pastor who believes that Jesus is coming in the future He'll read that and he'll read what Jesus says is a sign of his coming, the end of the world, and they'll take everything he says and assign it out to our future. 
And so everything we're going to read now, Christians today read and assign it to our present day. Mm. Okay? Jesus is talking to his four disciples, mm. and he is telling them what to look for for their three questions. Mm -hmm. If you lose that, you'll lose what what is going on here. Mm -hmm. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I wanted to ask that it's just kind of inherently known to them that those three things are associated. Yeah, he's been teaching them for three years. Uh -huh. and, and, and they say, okay, when will all these things be? Now, they probably thought at that time that he is going to be coming into a material kingdom. So when they say the sign of your coming, mm. they, we might add, when will be the sign of your coming into your kingdom and when you'll sit on the material throne? Okay. They could have thought that. Okay. But that would bring the end of their age of Judaism. Why? Because the king is on the throne now and we are set. We No more Messiah. The real Messiah mm -hmm. has come. Mm -hmm. So in the backstory of that, they could have meant some of that. Okay. But nevertheless, when, when the lights came on, the teachings of these exact apostles in other letters suggest that they're telling the believers, he's coming back, he's coming back, he's coming back. He gave us the signs to look for. And so I'm telling you, it's getting closer, it's getting closer, mm. okay? Because then they were teaching that after he had died and ascended into heaven. Mm -hmm. So now they knew it wasn't going to be come back and reign on the physical earth as a king, mm -hmm. but it was going to be to come back to have all those things happen it will be tied to his return, and it will be tied to the end of that former economy, that mm -hmm. former age. So it isn't actually a surprise to them that the stone, every stone of the temple will be taken down. Because they're saying, when will this happen, yeah. and what will be the sign of your coming? They're trusting like, him. They yeah. associate. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, and the material, like what was the preconception of the material kingdom that Jesus would be reigning over. It was that the Judaism would continue to be the world power. Huh. They would come out from the chains of the Roman government who couldn't dictate anything to them anymore. I see. They were going to have their all-powerful Messiah on the material throne. The world would be filled with Judaism by the law and by all the things of the former economy. When will all this happen could have been the question they asked. Uh, but that's a misunderstanding. Total. Right? Total misunderstanding. It's not that that was told to them and then it changed and Jesus was like, actually, it's going to not be material. No, it probably was told to them by their teachers of that age because that's what the Jewish teachers believe. Right. But that's incorrect. Like that's they incorrect. had misunderstood what God had been telling them all this time. From the beginning. Okay. Yeah. That's part of the error. Part of the whole problem. Okay. I didn't realize that. That's good. And the and the kingdom would actually be what they thought, but in spirit. That they're they are this united thing that isn't ruled by the king, but yeah. just in spirit. Yeah. Not and, and the thing about that is it will become it's not just Jews. In fact, it doesn't mean all of Israel who come from Abraham, because that's why Paul says not all who are Jews are Jews. He says not all who are circumcised are Jews. It's those who have the heart right. Mm. They're true Israel. They're mm. true jurors. And juror, the rural juror. They, <laughs> they are the ones. See her knowledge of pop culture? 30 Rock. That's 30 Rock. My knowledge too. So... <laughs> they were seen it one way, but he was, and they will understand that later. 
Okay. All right. Jesus answered that question. What what do you mean Jesus answered? It just says Jesus answered. And and, said? Yeah. I'm getting there. (laughs) The rest of the chapter is an answer to that question. Yes. Remember that. Remember that. Okay. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name. I'm tracking myself. Okay. Many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. Okay. Any comments? Yeah. Historically, there were people by name who would, who came after Jesus ascended into the clouds, mm. said, follow me, I'm the Messiah. So they went out to the desert and they were killed. So he says, he's, warn, he's warning them of the things that are going to happen to them. And one of them, are people are going to come in his name. Okay. okay. He says, don't fall. I'm warning you. Okay. okay. Keep going. Okay. I'm just tracking my questions. Okay. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but don't be alarmed. Don't worry, though. The end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Okay, stop. People are reading that today. For 2,000 years, we have heard of wars and rumors of wars. Uh-huh. We have heard of all that. So they take it. I hear Israel and Iraq are going to go. And, and, and pastors read the newspaper and they preach that. But, and it, it says uh, nation will rise up against nation, right? Mm-hmm. So they're looking for Russia and America and China. But that word nation is ethos. And it's really tribe will rise up against tribe. Asher and Naphtali are going to rise up against Dan and Benjamin. The tribes mm. of Judah, uh, tribes of uh, Israel are going to rise up against each other. Okay, that's what he means. Okay. Okay. Oh, we're at 20 minutes. Goes quick. Yeah. We'll keep talking about what uh, wars against wars. Excuse me. We'll keep talking about it in the next one. See Bye. you later.